Most people think that they are choosing between the good and the bad. In reality, they are choosing between being mediocre and becoming truly great. Welcome to the Next Action Podcast with your host, Brian Wallace. In 15 minutes, we'll help our guests catapult from their current situation to a path of greatness. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Sorry, we've been a little out of action for a little bit, but I've been doing a lot of traveling and just getting back up to speed. But we are back with the Next Action Podcast with your host, Brian Wallace. And I am here with my good buddy, Yoav Vilner, special guest today. Yoav is a known marketing figure from Tel Aviv and was also named a tech marketer to know by Forbes magazine. His first company, Ranky, pioneered the way for startup marketing in Tel Aviv, having served over 400 companies. He's also known for writing on Forbes, CNBC, Inc., Entrepreneur, and for mentoring startups in accelerators by Microsoft, Google, Telefonica, and more. Yoav, welcome to the show. How are you, man? Hey, Brian. Good to hear your voice. So like you know, we do this in 15 minutes because people don't want to wait all day for all the tidbits they should be picking up on for an hour. So since we've been, since I've been running my mouth for a good minute and 30, let's jump into it. And I think today's topic not only will help you, but I think will help the audience a lot. And I think a lot of people in the marketing world run into this. So Yoav is in the middle of a dilemma that he's working his way through. But right now, you are trying to make your transition more into like a full-time role of a CMO or chief marketing officer for people that don't know what that acronym is. But before in your previous life, you were an external CMO or a fractional CMO to like hundreds of different startups, a lot of which are in Startup Nation in Israel and probably all over the world and freelance and stuff. So I'm curious if you could, we're not going to go totally into the past, but I, I want to hear a little bit into your mindset that went from going one to many to one to one. I, I think that'll help a lot of people. And I think it'll really provide a lot of crystal and wisdom and insight. Right. So, yeah. So um, through my company uh, that you mentioned, and also just being myself um, advising in all those different uh, startup hubs and accelerators, I think I've, I think I've helped about yeah several hundreds of startups. Um, sometimes through the official you know external CMO, sometimes just as a, a consultant, advisor, um, friend, and um, you know when you're you're so uh, when you're swamped uh, with um, with uh, with so many startups in a vertical way, you can't even switch uh, state of mind. You can't even think about diving in and working with just one as a full time. Um, people recognize you as someone that's going vertical. So, you know, you think about, um, you know, what's going to happen to my image as a, you know, if you're a top-notch advisor and everyone wants to work with you, um, what's going to happen then? Um, but for me, it was after a, dec a decade of working with so many companies, sometimes alone, sometimes uh, with about 30 employees under me. Um, and what I think what made me... Uh, finally changed my, um, my state of mind was, uh, first of all, you know, the specific startup that I've just recently joined, um, which is called Light and is designed to save kids using data science. So first of all, it's, it's you know, the mission, because when I left my, when I left my previous uh, agency, uh, I got about 65 offers to act as a CMO in a lot of different companies. But nothing was as exciting as this mission 
that this startup has that is saving kids. So that kind of hooked me in. Um, and also, if you think about it, as a CMO, if, if your product is saving lives, it's kind of easy for you to do the marketing, right? Easy and fun. Like if you talk to a news editor, you know, every, people are going to want to hear what she's saying, um, which makes it professionally kind of fun. Um, and the other thing, you know, it's, it's all about the founding team, the management that are together with you in the startup. So this is also a very special case. Um, the founder, the CEO, um, is a known tech figure. His name is uh, Zohar Levkovich, which is a star of uh, Shark Tank, the Israeli edition. He sold companies for about a billion dollars um, and is invested in like 200 startups. Um, so when we talked, he kind of drew me in, you know, um, because he's like the full-time CEO. So I think if I, if I break it down, if it's a good enough mission and if it's a good enough founder that you'll be working, you know, together, like as a management team, I think that makes the dilemma easier. For me, it's only been like two months since I joined. So I'm still, you know, testing the waters, but, um, yeah, you know, it's been a very interesting period. And that's fantastic, man. It's so hard, right? Because we're in a similar kind of spot where we help all sorts of kinds of companies all over the world and you get a piece of everybody and they get a piece of you, man, what was the first thing that really stood out to you as to why you would even do this? And did everybody think you were crazy? Right, right, because like you already had like the reputation where you help everybody. You're like the startup consultant, CMO to the stars. How did you deal with that? Did you have to kind of go quiet for a while? It feels like there's always like explaining you have to do. Like any time that you telegraph anything to the internet, whether it's on LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, everybody always wants to be like, "Hey, why are you doing this? Are you okay?" So how do you deal with all that headspace and head trash? Yeah, you know, you're so right, because for so for so long, when people ask me, so what are you up to these days? And I'm like, yeah, let's, you know, let's switch topics. Um, it's very difficult to broadcast it. And when I when I changed my titles on LinkedIn and on Facebook, and I announced about, you know, I waited for two, three months, just to be sure that I'm settled in. And they, then I announced it to my network. I think I got like, you know, hundreds of messages across all the different platforms. Um, it was so I don't know. I want. I don't want to say weird, but it was so um, unusual and unique to those to the people that follow me to see that change that I've done. So they had to ask me in person. Um, you know what gives? Like you know, and did you stop doing everything else you were doing? Which to that also the answer is yes, because I I always believe in doing something. You know, when you're full fully dedicated. So when I was you know, uh, founding staff and entrepreneur and, and freelancing, I was dedicated to being, um, to working with a lot of companies. And right now I'm dedicated to being part of just one. Um, and you know, it's exciting because when I had my marketing agency, the one thing that always bummed me out is that we've never had a product or a technology. So for me right now is an, is a, is an actual experience with building a technology as well. Uh, which I think is a very, you know, it's a very, it's a very good, um, it's a very good experience to have as a CMO for all kinds of future stuff you might be doing. Yeah, there's something very satisfying about actually building things and seeing that transformational effect in the world. So let's get back to light because I feel like we kind of glossed over that. We've explained the how and the where and the journey where you went from a lot to one which, wow, to just be dedicated like that is not for the faint of heart. Like a lot of people 
they would sooner collapse than want to admit that they would switch from an already successful agency into something completely different. I, I think you'd agree. So yeah. let's not um, let's shed some light on light because childhood bullying and stuff is out of control wherever you are. Kids have a, a really bad rap. Everybody blames them for being on technology all day. Meanwhile, people that are much older than them are more addicted to technology, right? So tell us a little bit about how this is really changing the game in the world. I want to hear more about it. Yeah, it's a very, you know, it's a very bizarre topic because it's something that you don't want to dive into. You don't want to read about it because the numbers are just, you know, uh, frightening. But then you have to because it's, you know, it's everyone's kids. It's your kids. You got to know what's going on. Um, so the, the idea to save kids uh, came, I think it came to life about two years ago when one of the co-founder's son, he was seven year old, uh, he was playing Minecraft one evening and he went to his father. His father was just sold a couple of cyber companies. So he's, you know, he knows his stuff around the web. And his son tells him, um, some guy's character on Minecraft is following me around, trying to chat with me. And it's kind of weird. Like he's doing all kinds of weird stuff, asking for my information. So, you know, his dad sits down um, and he sees, you know, someone that talks like an old guy, probably in his 40s, following around the character of, of a seven-year-old and trying to, you know, create like a personal conversation. Um, apparently, that was a pedophile who was trying to communicate with kids uh, via Minecraft. Um, and that made, you know, that co-founder to dive in into this whole world of what we call online toxicity, which is cyberbullying, shaming child abuse, um, child grooming. Grooming is what pedophiles do to, you know, engage with uh, young kids in a, in a way that starts friendly. You know, it can take even, even a year for them to gain the trust of the child. And he's not going to tell his parents um, about, because he doesn't know, he doesn't know that it's wrong. Um, so we gathered all of the different, what we call toxicity aspects of the different uh, games and apps that kids encounter today. Um, we researched uh, not just you know AI, deep learning, etc. Also human uh, human knowledge. Um, we have a lot of PhDs that you know they came from all kinds of backgrounds, um, and together we combine everything into into a system that thinks both like kids and also like their potential attackers. Um, you know all the other solutions that exist today, they just they're mostly based on bad words. But, you know, if someone is, is saying to his friend on, on Fortnite, I'll kill you, um, you know, how can you know if that's good or not? Maybe they're best friends and, you know, people kill each other on Fortnite. Maybe that's not bad. But if 20 kids say to one kid, maybe he's being bullied, you know, maybe he's being threatened. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of dynamics that are sent uh, between people, between kids. It, maybe it's audio message, uh, maybe it's video, maybe it's uh, images. And overall, you got to have a very dynamic algorithm if you want to think like someone that is looking for a kid. So that's what we built. It's, a, it's completely a B2B solution. So ideally, you know, we plug in the back end of a social network, of a game, of a, of a very popular communication app. Um, and then you just, you know, to solve the problem, you got to scale to the size of the problem. So it's not a consumer solution. So if they plug in with us, we can track all of the different, um, you know, communications. They can know when something is about to go wrong because we also predict the conversation. And they can decide what they're going to do about it. You know, we're not a judge. We just give the tools. 
So if let's say Facebook uh, policy, if they use this would be to, you know, block that account, that's the, sh that's the solution. That means we help them. Um, but that's totally up to them. Amazing stuff. So it looks like we've got another two, three minutes here. So in other words, think like a pedophile, yeah. <laughs> not an easy thing to do. And certainly <laughs> the space that most people don't want to spend time in their brain space. But unfortunately, with the ways of the world, this is what we have to protect. And the best thing we do, can do, the first offense, I think, as parents and families is to tell people what bad behavior is um, among our children. So is this specifically for games? Right. Is it also across social networks? Uh, how does that work? So we work with a with a few different clients, um, games, uh, communication apps, hosting providers. Sometimes, you know, a, a hosting provider can have, let's say, 20 million websites. Right. But if if people open um, websites based on their on their service that are, you know, they have harmful content. So some of it is is you know their responsibility. Um, like there was a there was a mass shooting that happened in the U.S. a few months ago. And they, apparently the police found that the forum HN, you know HN? Sure do. That was a big deal here in the States. Yeah. So you know that the hosting provider that hosted HN took them off. So that's an example for something that we can take care of. Um, then, you know, in the future, we can probably be able to stop all kinds of other phenomena, not just child abuse. But I think that's a big enough mission for now. Oh, yeah. Obviously, you've got to take it one step at a time. And I think that's great. I think... Um, I guess what us website people would call the bad neighborhoods out there, really glad that HN got shut down for all the hate that they promote uh, under the guise of, oh, well, everybody can be free and open and unmoderated. That's not a good thing to yeah. do because that turns to radicalization <laughs> really quickly. So I, I know uh, Cloudflare threw them out. And exactly. <sighs> we can't fix people, right? But we can sure put out a lot of controls to try to get people to be proactive and help poor children that don't know the difference between right and wrong to not get radicalized and thrown into horrible situations and get bullied. So listen, uh, Yoav, it's been a fascinating journey through where you've been to where you are. Certainly, I think you're onto some of the right things and really focusing on something that truly can make a deep impact to the world. So as we're ending the show just about now, tell everybody where they can find you and where they can find more information about light. Yeah, so I'm always available Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, Yoav Vilner, Y-O-A-V, and then V-I-L-N-E-R. Light is also easily found. Um, it, it spells light with a one, so L-1-G-H-T. Uh, we're easily found online. Um, and yeah, thanks for having me. It's been, a, it's been a blast. Such a pleasure, man. Thank you for making the time. Keep up the great work. <laughs> thanks. <laughs>